for me to do that was for me to depend on somebody else to give my life meaning. All right, welcome to the show. I am Wes Jones. For anyone who's here after subscribing last week, thank you. Today I'm talking with my friend Eric Willinson, who's now a developer, but there was a point in time when he actively decided that was something he didn't want to do. But we talk about taking risks, understanding your priorities, and teaching yourself the skills you need to that has allowed him to design a life for himself where he's able to travel the world and surf for months at a time. It's a behind-the-scenes look at a life that, from the outside, many wonder how it all works. Eric, thank you for coming over today. It's my pleasure. I wanted to have you on because we know a lot of people who went freelance in the past you know, couple years. But to me, you're the first one who really did it to design a lifestyle that you wanted to live. It's outside the normal freelance life that I think a lot of people think of it as. And you have a different approach to how you take on jobs, what sort of jobs you work on, and then certainly just things you enjoy and how you make time for that. Mm -hmm. But first, before we get there, I want to jump back to where you started. And I think what you're doing now is pretty different. Yeah. You started doing graphic design. Yeah, I studied graphic design in school, graphic design and advertising, and I worked for a couple years out of college as a graphic designer for a non uh, NGO, a nonprofit NGO, and then also for an advertising agency after that. What was the NGO? Uh, It was called the Futures Group. I think it's still around. Um, They do, it's like demographics work. So they produce a lot of collateral for USAID and other U.S. governmental agencies that provide aid for like developing nations for the purposes of like sexual education, health education, things of that nature. And so they they produce all this collateral that's like, well, where did your money go and what did Uh it do? And like, what were the outcomes and all that kind of stuff? So I worked on that for a while. Uh I actually liked working i'm from dc originally so okay. like that's how i came into that job sure and i liked working with the people there but also found the work like pretty boring in some ways the the uh-huh. actual data is really interesting yeah but like i didn't love designing powerpoints which i then went on to do for another like year and a half mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so well, <laughs> that sometimes happens yeah what was the reason to get into graphic design i was always interested in design like from the time i was a kid like i was actually really interested in art when I was younger, I mean, I still am, but from the time I was like, I don't know, six years old or something, I went to, I used to go to all these museums. DC is great as free museums. Yeah. Like all the big all museums over. are free. Yeah. Right. It's not like New York where like you get stink eye for putting your $10 donation in at the mm-hmm. night. But, um, yeah. So I used to appreciate that kind of stuff all the time. And I still do when I go home. And then, um, I kind of just knew that I, then I went to science and technology high school. Okay. Like a, not a technical school, but like a magnet school uh-huh. and um, managed to like make time for a few art classes and stuff. And then when I was deciding where to go to, for school, I was like, you know, I don't think I want to be a, <laughs> this is going to be funny later. I, I don't think I want to be a programmer or I don't want to go into like, you know, I don't want to be a scientist. That's uh-huh. what all my friends did right. um, or a doctor or whatever. So I chose art school. Uh-huh. And then I was like, well, what can I do at art school? Like, you know, you got to take your year of foundation classes, like sure. just, just drawing and, and stuff like that. Yeah. But I really enjoyed graphic design stuff. And I still actually am really interested by like kind of more avant-garde craft design. Like mm-hmm. I don't actually know what's cool right now, to be honest with you. I'm like too far removed from that scene. But, you know, kind of like when I was studying 
Raygun or like, you know, when you study the history of graphic design, you get to see like, oh, what was really interesting at any given point in time? What was like the, at the forefront of design and the cutting edge of design? Uh-huh. And I was just fascinated by that. So I thought like, okay, I want to do something like that. Turns out you can't make any money doing that kind of stuff. Okay. But um, there are plenty of jobs in design. So, you know, I just kind of was like, okay, let me see if I can make this work. Mm-hmm. And then you moved to, was the NGO in New York? Mm-mm. They were in DC. And then I did that for a year. And then I just kind of was like, let me see if I can get a job in advertising. Cause I did study advertising as well. That was actually my major. And to see if I could be an art director. Cause I think like when you're, I don't know. I, there just is like some allure behind that where it's like, yeah. everything's really flashy. The graphics are like super flashy and like you get to work with interesting technology and stuff. And also advertising people are really good at selling themselves in their industry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just kind of was like, okay, maybe I can do that. Yeah. Um, it's an attractive industry to be in. Yes, for sure. I mean, it's full of like young, cool people and like, you know, you get to work on cool stuff, cool accounts. Like you get to work on, I think the big appeal actually for me was I would get to work on something that people had heard of. Yeah. When people were like, what do you do? I could be like, I worked on this campaign. And like, I did get to say that for a long time. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, I got what I was looking for. Yeah. Before I came to New York, I was, I would see all these designers portfolios online and they would all say the same thing on the homepage. It would say, I've worked at one agency, two agencies, three agencies and X, Y, and Z client. Yep. And I was like, that's the coolest thing. I want to say that. Yeah. And then I got that. Yeah. And I realized like, okay, this is cool, but yeah. you know, what's next? Yep. Yeah. Once you've done it for a little while, you know, there's a place I worked called mm-hmm. Big Spaceship. Okay. Um, that's where we met. Yeah. They are, I, I think actually like I did get that experience, that like advertising agency experience that people were looking for. Mm-hmm. But then once you go through it and the industry is super high turnover, like once you go through that for a while and then everybody you know and meet at a place comes and goes, then it gets to be like, um, okay, am I just going to do this? So all over again in another place. And like, you know, I have since done that at some other places, but like, turns out like that wasn't a good end goal in and of itself. Right. You know? Yeah. And how long were you doing the graphic design for? Cause we're going to get to what you mentioned earlier about sure. development, but yeah. How did, how did the graphic design run its course? So the second job that I worked was at a, place called the Madison group, which is now owned by another company that like bought up all the ad studios. Uh-huh. But the Madison group was like the studio of young and Rubicam and Wonderman. Mm-hmm. Actually that whole group, there's like 10 companies within that group. Okay. Well, in our group. So I worked in the studio there and what that meant was like, uh, designing PowerPoints. That was the I first thing that they threw at me. That's like a standard task to do at any agency it is literally my least favorite work to be doing so i avoid it at all costs now Mm -hmm. but um actually i think it was like my first day there somebody came through and was like hey we got the sf office has like some overflow flash work they need people to do and like in my first interview with them i had just been like i can do everything whatever you want me to do Uh uh-huh and of course i had no i had written like 10 lines of action script or something in my life. Like I did some one project or two projects or something for at school that were flash based. Uh And they were just like, can you do this? And I just was like, yep, sure. I'll do it. Of course. And like, I figured it out, you know, you just, I Googled stuff like all day and eventually like I got it to work and I'm sure it was like shit code that probably broke or like was buggy, (laughs) but I made it work. Uh huh. But 
that was just like a little piece that came through on like day one. Okay. The rest of the time, yeah, I spent a lot of time like designing PowerPoints, um, designing presentations, booklets, whatever they needed us to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't really so much work with like final comps. So like there were, we had a print shop, like, you know, with five giant plotters that okay. we would like print final works on to, to, uh, to be photographed and stuff like that. I didn't so much work with that, but you know, there was some amount of like design and fabrication that went into every project and presentation that they put on even stuff like designing like banners for what well, I forget what they call it room room build outs. So we had these rooms on like the 10th floor or something. I forget uh-huh. they were just empty, like okay. huge rooms. They YNR owned the whole building that we were in on Madison Ave. And we had these rooms that were just empty. And what they would do is like when they were really trying to impress a client, like when a client, the studio would, put up all these fake walls and they would, you know, arrange it however they wanted. They would rebuild this, these things for every presentation they went through. And it was uh-huh. like, they would build these like mazes that were like, they could walk through with the client that had like the work all over the walls and the research and all this wow. stuff. Dude, it was crazy. Yeah. It's very old school advertising. Stuff. That's cool though. Yeah. Um, and those guys are like really good at their craft. It's just, things are not going that direction. They're going towards like okay, open up your presentation and look at page three on your laptop, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, well, video conference. Yeah, which has its own pros and cons. But anyway, so I did a lot of that, not the build-outs, but like designing stuff for that kind of work. And mm-hmm. yeah, um, I did that for like a year and a half and slowly, well, yeah. And then you had that one taste of JavaScript or Flash, I should say. Flash, yeah. And then, so because now you're a developer. Yeah. Yes. So, I do that full time now. Yeah. What happened was, yeah, I got this flash work and then they started to be like, oh, okay, interesting. You can do this. So like then more banners would come through. This, these were banners of things mm-hmm. I was working on, which lets web you know banners, how, how so old I am. Who don't, yeah. <laughs> for people who don't know, it's web banners. So yeah, I was working on ActionScript 3 web uh, flash banners. And then as time went on, like they got more of that work and there, there was me and we had one other guy in the studio who could do that kind of work. So we would uh, kind of tag team that stuff. And then I think they would ask me to do after effects work as well. Uh So like motion graphics kind of stuff. Also sometimes for banners, sometimes for other things. Like I remember I did a bunch of work for stadium displays. So it'd be like, you know, when you go to a game and there's those like above the first row or the first level of a bull stadium right there's that band like the strip of exactly tvs or whatever screens yeah and uh so i would work on these like banners i forget what we call them actually but these like little ads for like chevron and stuff that would run on those i don't know when there's like a timeout or something yeah i always wondered who made those yeah that was me (laughs) like a little basketball bouncing along with like the goofy little chevron cars or whatever yeah so i did that kind of stuff and then as I was doing that, I realized that like that work was really tedious for me to do. Uh-huh. So I figured out that I could write scripts in basically JavaScript. It's, I forget. I think it might've been something proprietary at the time, or maybe it was Python or something, not Python. I don't know, but there was like something, some like proprietary mm-hmm. language that I could write to script after effects stuff layers, okay. right. To like make them move various ways without me having to like keyframe everything which is a super tedious task yeah i hate doing and then i was like okay well maybe i can do other stuff um and i just started like 
getting into teaching myself how to do all these different things in JavaScript and various other languages that I could like control things in the browser in or potentially control hardware or third mm-hmm. uh, like other devices with. And um, they just kept like throwing this work at me. And eventually it got to a point where it kind of plateaued, like the level of work that I was doing there plateaued. It uh-huh. was like, we don't need anything more complicated than this. And I was like, I hated working there. Yeah. I still, I do love some of the people that I worked with there, but it was just like, I was tired of it uh-huh. for a couple of years. And then, yeah, some big spaceship posted some like the dude who hired me actually, his name's Matt. He tweeted out or the big spaceship account tweeted out like, Hey, are you a technologist? Like we're looking for somebody who can like do X. Right. Okay. And I was like, I've been following big spaceship since I was in college because right. they were a super hot agency at that time, like 2009 before I graduated. And, um, I just like tweeted back at them and they were like, DM'd me like, Hey, send us your, your, um, uh, not portfolio, your resume, I guess. Uh huh. Yeah. I don't know if it was more than that. I, I might've had a portfolio at the time. Send us your resume. And like, then they looked at it and they're like, yeah, sure. Let, let's talk. Okay. But you were only a graphic designer beforehand. Yeah. And now you're getting a dev job because I mean, you have all the experience of doing that stuff, but right. So I think like at the time I just, I kind of looked into it. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's always what it is. Like you have to take advantage of whatever experience you get, you Absolutely. manage to get yourself. Right. So I think one of the projects they had me do was they had, YNR had this like awards thing every year, uh-huh. award submission site. Right. For Comlion, mm-hmm. which is a big advertising festival, award show, whatever. Yeah. And um, they needed somebody who could originally with this, before I got there, they they would like go back to last year's site. They had had somebody code up a grid mm-hmm. in CSS, uh, HTML, CSS, and then they would manually go in. It was a static page. They would go in and edit the pages to add every piece that they had. Right. right. And like whoever, whatever developer was stuck doing this and like, it wasn't really a developer. It was just like somebody who knew some basic stuff. They would have to go in every time there was a request for a change and like change the image, change the text. And like, I don't know if you guys know advertising people, but they are relentless with these freaking changes. Like yeah. even later in my career, I remember having to do this and I was like, I'm not making a million changes for you guys. Here's the file, right? Make the change. Here's the area you need to edit and make the changes you want. But so they did that to me like the first year that I was there. And then I think the second year I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this again. So I figured out how to write some PHP and figured out that WordPress was like a system I could use a CMS I could use to like make this, make all this stuff editable. Mm-hmm. And I just did it. Okay. I just like put it together for them. They didn't ask me to. I just was like so fed up with doing this that yeah. I was like, I'm just going to make this for you guys. You can use it. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't, for all I know, they're still using it. They called me like years later being like, Hey, uh, we're just wondering if you could help us with this thing. And I was like, no, I can't. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. So that happened to be one of the platforms that big spaceship was using at the time mm-hmm. for, it's weird how these technology decisions get made. It's just kind of like whoever they hire, whatever they have experience with or decide they want to use, that's what the company uses. And it happened. So happened that like a couple of people I had worked with. And then also some of the clients that they had at the time were using WordPress and they were like, sure. Perfect. It's got to be this own thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it it wasn't even like I had a ton of experience. There are WordPress developers out there who are like super fast and have Mm -hmm. a ton of experience, but I had experience working in agency environment. Right already had some like a design eye from going to school and then I knew how to work the system that they were using. So I was like, okay. Sure. Yeah. 
And I think, I think taking it from, you know, I learned this myself to solve a problem is actually more valuable than just knowing some basic skills with a platform. Yeah, for sure. That kind of like critical thinking can be very useful. Just depends on the job or the position that they're looking for. But anyway, that's kind of how I like transition, made that transition. And then of course, like my first day on the job, I remember this guy who I uh, actually have worked with again recently. He was one of the technical directors there at the time. He was, I was asking him like, Hey, how can I, the client is asking for X. Uh This this is my first day. Right. Like the client is asking for X. I think they were looking for at the time they called it a a Dropbox or something or Mm -hmm. not Dropbox, sorry, Lightbox. Yeah. For an image. Yeah. It was basically just like a modal with an image in it. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, I didn't really know how to do that. And I was kind of just like, Hey, how do you guys want me to do this? Is there like a specific library that you use module that you use something like that? What do you guys usually do? And this is before, like now we have all like NPM and all this stuff. That's like, pretty there's a standard way to put this together or to like get these packages Mm -hmm. but at the time there was nothing like that or at least it wasn't widely used and i remember this the dude the technical director was like his name was john he was like why don't you just roll on yourself Uh uh-huh and i was like okay yeah Uh (laughs) uh-huh and then I like, turned to the girl who worked next to me, Britt, and I was like, hey, Britt, um, can you help me do this? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> but I figured it out. You just yeah, figured it out. Of course. And then it's fine, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you worked at Big Spaceship for a couple years. Yeah, I was there for like two and a half, three years, something like that. Yeah. And then you went freelance. Uh, not quite. There was some stuff oh, in between. Yeah. Okay. So when I was at Big Spaceship... Yeah, when I was getting ready to leave, I was like, I really wanted to work on product. Uh-huh. We had some s- limited opportunities there to work on products, which were cool. But what I, I think after like doing some of that work there, I got a taste for it. And then I was like, I want to see what it's like to work at an organization that is built just to do this. Okay. So I went to, I like interviewed around and I went to work at this company called First Dibs. Mm-hmm. That was a e-commerce startup and they had a gigantic engineering team i think they still do uh-huh and um i did that for like actually less than a year okay because i just found it very dry they are a they get things done there mm-hmm. but it just wasn't for me for whatever reason there there were various reasons i think that came into play but i decided that yeah like a freelance opportunity came along actually with that guy that i was talking about before john okay and i was like you know what I want to do this. I want to not work for anybody full time, like just do my own thing, Mm -hmm. have my free time to work on stuff. Initially, the idea for me was like, and I still have these things kicking around, like some hardware ideas, not like product stuff, but just like maybe I can build something that's cool and entertaining for me. And it's like sort of artistic and engages Mm -hmm. other parts of my creative side that working on a product does not. Yeah. Were you finding it? the full-time jobs that you weren't have didn't have time for that stuff. Yeah. So like, it's interesting. I actually have took inspiration from other friends when figuring out that I wanted to do this. I have a friend who is in the music business. Okay. Now he's like a music, um, I'm trying to think he's a, he's in charge. He like runs a distribution arm for a big website. Okay. Big music website. Mm-hmm. And so they like sign artists and stuff like that and distribute their music and help promote them. But he got his start doing music videos for local artists in DC and he like actually was pretty good at it. 
he had he like knew what people were looking for it wasn't anything super artistic it was there was somewhat of a formula to it uh-huh. and he figured out like that he had the right personality to work with these people and just went and shot these videos for them and it was like you know kind of small dollars at first because the artists don't have a lot of money but he would try and pick people to take bets on basically he'd be like i'll if he could tell that somebody had money he'd be like i'll do your video for ten thousand dollars right but if he knew that somebody or if he felt that somebody had potential and that he could build a relationship with them by doing their video for free he would do it Mm -hmm. but anyway he was working for a while and i remember i started getting frustrated with my job at first dibs like frustrated that i didn't have that I was spending 40 hours a week in the office, sometimes more, maybe yeah. 50 hours a week. Often more in an yeah. agency setting. Yeah, I was spending like 40 to 50 hours a week, maybe more sometimes, but not that often at this company and like just kind of chained to my desk. It uh-huh. was just like, there's an endless stream of tickets for you to work on. And there was, it doesn't, it didn't engage my creative side at all. And I was kind of just like, I don't know, stack. I felt stagnant or something. Uh-huh. Right. And I also like, Part of feeling creatively stagnant, it has to do with the people you're around as well. Yeah. And like startups, product startups attract a different kind of person, even a different kind of engineer than advertising agencies do. And they, I don't know how to describe it because like some of these people maybe do have creative outlets on the outside, but Uh just attracts a different kind of people that I was like, I'm not into spending all my time around these people. I feel like a little dead. Not that, like I said, not that there's anything wrong with them. They're just a different, it's a different kind of person. It's a personality thing. Yeah. So I, I remember I was talking to my friend about this, the guy, the music guy who I was talking Mm -hmm. about before. And he was like, man, you know what the thing is like everybody right now, everybody in your life, like your job is very narrow. Uh Literally things come to you and you do them and then you pass them on to the next person. Like then whoever QA takes care of them or design looks at them or whatever. All the other decisions are made for you. You're just like a piece at this machine who sits at your desk and does your thing. And like, you don't get to make any decisions or take any risks really Mm -hmm. that is what makes you old inside that's what he told me okay he was like yeah this he's younger than me too okay by a couple of years probably but he was like that is what kills you Mm -hmm. just kills your youth and creativity and all that stuff desire yeah yeah so you should quit Uh uh-huh and I like resisted that for a while. Yeah. I think it took me a while to, cause about five or six months in, I started like the newness wears off and you're like, right. What am I doing mm-hmm. right now? So I did that for, you know, it took me a few more months to be like, yeah, I got to get out of here. Uh huh. And then something popped up, like an opportunity popped up and I was just like, okay, bye. Taking it. Yeah. I'm going. Yeah. And was the idea to go freelance or was it just another opportunity? No, it was to go freelance. Okay. It was a freelance. The job was freelance, right? They right. weren't offering me a full-time position. Yeah. And, but I knew that it was like a long enough contract. Like I had worked with this guy before. I uh-huh. liked working with him. It was a long contract. They wanted to contract somebody for eight months, I think. Okay. And the raise they were offering was not super competitive it was about the same as what i was making once you factor in and Mm -hmm. this was like a whole nother story but once you factor in like okay how much i need to pay for my health care how much i need to like go for taxes all this stuff yeah now it's all on you now yeah well no but it it sounds like i remember when they offered me the initial rate when my my friend told me like okay here's how much we can pay somebody per hour Uh i was like wow that's a lot of money per hour like i worked out what i made per hour right on based on my salary and the 40 hours a week that i was working and i was like dude that's like 
that seems like a lot. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, oh, but I'm going to have to pay for my own health insurance and I'm going to have to pay for, I'm going to have to put away money for taxes and I'm going to have to, there's no match like for my 401k. Like I'm mm-hmm. just responsible for saving that money now. Right. Et cetera, et cetera. So like you start figuring out all that kind of stuff. So the rate was like the same basically as what uh-huh. I was making. Right. But I knew that like on eight months, eight months was stable enough. That was a long enough contract that I was like, sure. I'll uh-huh. take this. Yeah. I'll do it and see what happens. Like if in eight months I finish working and, or if in six months I finish working and like nothing else has shown up, mm-hmm. then I'll just get another full-time or try to get another full-time job. Yeah. I think at that time, at that point in time, I was 27 or 28 or something. And so like, I still felt like it was fine. You know, yeah. I could just get another job if I needed to. Mm-hmm. I'm also fortunate enough to work in an industry where there's super high demand right now. Yeah. And that's part of why I decided to make the jump to working as a developer as well. So I just took the risk. I mean, okay. the bottom line is I took a risk. Yeah. It wasn't even a huge risk, but right. I acknowledge that it is a risk because I talk to people about going freelance sometimes and they're like, I don't want to take the risk. Like it's mm-hmm. too whatever. Like I'm not going to have healthcare and yeah. so many unknowns. Yeah. There are a lot of unknowns and it's hard. It's, easier for me because I'm a developer and it's easier for me because I'm a white dude and young and whatever. But Mm -hmm. like the bottom line is you can either take the risk or not. Yeah. You don't want to take the risk. If you're not willing to do that, you can't be a freelancer. Yeah. Was there anything else attractive to you about freelancing that, that made you want to do it? I'm I'm getting at some of these other things that you were talking about earlier. Like I want to go do some other stuff or explore other areas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was that part of the consideration at the time or did that come later? A hundred percent. My initial plan was like, I'm going to work on the, I had specific projects in mind and those are still kicking around. Like I have done some work on some of them, Mm -hmm. not as much as I originally intended, which is a lesson. Like things don't always, well, things never go the way that you think they're going to go. So just be prepared for that. But yeah, I like, I wanted time to work on outside projects that were more creative in nature Mm -hmm. than working on product. So the freelance job that I took was also a product job. Yeah. But I took it knowing that like it was hourly. Uh Uh-huh. The contract was structured in such a way that like there was a cap, a dollar cap on it, right? If I chose to only work 35 hours one week, not not that that was like would have been super cool, but like, you know, Mm -hmm. if I chose to do that, then I would then just be employed for longer. I would basically like stretch out how long it took me to get this dollar cap amount. So I I knew how much money I was going to make at the beginning of the contract. Yeah. And then, well, I I did it in eight months. I did take some time off, but like not Mm -hmm. a huge amount. Then I took time off off afterwards. Yeah. And uh, I worked on some stuff and other stuff came up while I was working on this contract. Yeah. Um, I took some trips and I, short trips, and I learned how to surf uh-huh. And that took over my life. So okay. <laughs> there was that as well. Yeah. But I'm glad to have done it because now I have the freedom to do that. And I've realized that like, there are great things. There was something in that respect that was missing from my life as well. Right. Like mm-hmm. growing up, I was a uh, high school and I guess in college too, I played, I was an athlete and like, I grew up in an area that's not as urban as New York. Right. And I just really miss being outside and like, the balance and stuff that that gives me. Mm -hmm. So surfing was a way to achieve that. And 
that's, I think why I felt so hard. I was like, Oh, this is awesome. Like I get to be in the ocean. Yeah. Surfing is a really great high. It feels really good. I'm just going to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so you've kind of structured your life around that now. Yeah. It's, it's actually been good. That provided, yeah, like you said, that provided shape for my life, which in some ways is lacking as a freelancer. You no longer, when you're a freelancer, there's no longer like just an ongoing requirement that you show up at work every day. Right. Right. Like you, yes, when you're on contract, you do have to do that, but you get to decide how long or how often your contracts are. So like, I'm actually just starting on a new one now, but I didn't work for the month of May Mm -hmm. because I don't know. I just had other stuff that I needed to do. I worked on a really difficult or taxing contract during February, March and April. Uh And so I wanted to take a little bit of time off. Yeah. And then some other stuff came up. Part of my network got in touch with me about working on his startup idea. And um, it just seemed to be a good fit for, it seemed to be a good fit for my life. It's not mm-hmm. actually something that I'm like, hopefully he won't listen to this podcast. <laughs> Who knows? It's not actually something that I'm like a pa- a product that I'm passionate about. Okay. And that's okay with me. Yeah. That's something that I gave up when I was decided to become a freelancer. Uh-huh. Well, that's interesting because I think people want to be freelance, so they only work on things that they you can, enjoy. You can do it that way. Okay. Um, some people do. Mm-hmm. My roommate sometimes, for a while, he was like looking for something that he wanted to work on. Yeah. And that's fine. But for me to do that was for me to depend on somebody else to give my life meaning. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't like that because literally nobody had done that for me ever. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, you know, you go... So that's the thing about work in Uh the States is that maybe not in the States, but for a lot of people, especially young people, it's like you, we believe that it gives our lives meaning, right? It's like, I have to show up. These people are depending on me. And if the client doesn't get their thing by January 23rd, then they're going to flip shit. And like, I don't know what they're, yeah, my life's going to be over. I'm going to get fired on me. Yeah. Yeah. And that is one way that you can get meaning uh, in your life. Mm -hmm. But it just wasn't really, it hadn't worked for me. I'd been trying that. Like I worked my ass off for like years doing that. Right. Right. And like, it does give you some meaning and you can derive that structure and meaning from work. But I think once the veil is broken, it's hard to put it back in place. Mm -hmm. I just kind of was like, why am I busting my ass for like this ad? It's literally like, I don't know, to make sure this website is up on a specific date. Mm -hmm. So I chose to not let that, not try and derive meaning in my life from that and try and get it from other places. Mm -hmm. Right. So like in my, in my mind, actually, like I came up with three criteria when I, in all the, my previous job searches, Uh I have these three criteria in mind or like they've coalesced into these three criteria. One is mission, which is what we're talking about. Yeah. Can you get behind whatever you're working on? Do you get meaning? Do you get satisfaction out of it? Like just saying like, I put this thing into the world and I think it does something good or I like that I did that. Mm -hmm. The second one is people. Yeah. It's important to like the people you work with. And the third one is compensation. Uh Am I getting the money or time off or is this allowing me to do the other stuff that I want to do? Yeah. So... Of course you want all three, but you have to balance those. I'm sure. Like everything else you get pick two. Yeah. You get to pick the two that are important to you. And like, that's, um, if you're in the 
privileged situation of like having a job and looking for another job, mm-hmm. you usually get to pick two. If you find three, just take it. Just yeah, go do it. Of course. Like, <laughs> yeah. So you usually get to, you know, pick your two, which two can you live with? And mm-hmm. you'll have different job options that, you know, give you either people and mission or people and money or money and mission, mm-hmm. whatever, you yeah. know? Yeah. But yeah, sometimes for me, like as a, or as a freelancer, sometimes you're looking from a position of not having anything and you're just like, yeah, whatever. I don't get to pick my two, but this one at least has two. If you only have one, probably not a good idea. Skip out. Yeah. It's going to be tough. Something else will come up. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. And then surfing now. Yeah. You work for, you get a contract for four to five months. Yeah. And then go surfing for two months. Right. So... Or that's like the lifestyle you're trying to do. Really what I want. I can tell. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I'd like to be in New York mm-hmm. for six months out of the year. Okay. And then be away for six months out of the year. Yeah. Because like, first of all, there are two months of good waves here. Yeah. <laughs> so you get <laughs> surfing number one, maybe. Well, you know, it's just, it's easy. I think what we talked about earlier is that it provides structure. It gives right. shape, right? Exactly. So the thing is like, I know that from the end of August or mid August through probably early November at uh-huh. the latest, we're getting pretty good consistency. Like I can go surf a couple times a week if I want to, maybe, yeah. maybe three. Like okay. we get some crazy days sometimes. It's, it's actually pretty good here. So yeah, that's kind of my ideal scenario is like, I can be here for six months away for six months. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking right now. And, you know, things always change. Like, you never know what it's going to lead to. But um, mm-hmm. I have an idea of what I want my life to look like. Yeah. Right. And that was like a big thing that I, I spent a lot of time thinking about before I left my job at First Divs, which was the product job I uh, mentioned earlier, is like, what do I want my life to look like? Yeah. And it's hard, man. That's like a hard question because whenever you ask people, they'll be like, what do you mean? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. What what does that mean? Right. Is it my day to my day to day or is it right? You know, next and year. The thing is, like, you can approach that however you want. Mm-hmm. Different people approach it differently. Sometimes I ask people, like, well, what's your five year plan? Yeah. What do you want to? Where do you want to be in five years? Like, what do you want to have accomplished? What do you want to have to show? What's the story mm-hmm. that you want to be able to tell people in five years about what you've been doing for the past while? Yeah. It's like, dude, we just went through my past five years, more than my past five years. Right. I'm pretty happy with that story. Yeah. You learned a lot al- along the way. For sure. And-, and now with those learnings, I'm trying to make sure that the next five years, because I think this is recent. This is all pretty yeah. recent for me. Like right. I didn't plan that things were going to turn out this way, except for the past maybe two years maximum. Mm-hmm. I started thinking about a lot. Like, what do I, what am I doing with my time? What yeah. do I want to get out of my time? Yeah. I, at the beginning of this year, I read this article that said, don't plan for 2018, mm-hmm. plan for 2019. Mm-hmm. So the premise was every decision you make now will put you in position to be doing what you want to be doing a year from now. Right. So for a five-year plan, it's the same same thought process. Yeah. Um, and it's it's looser when you're looking at a five-year plan, right? Mm-hmm. You have to have... You, I mean, you can make like one or two specific goals, like... Somebody I know mentioned like wanting to be in a 30 under 30 thing, 30 under 30 article. Uh And I was like, okay, that's a legit goal. It's pretty specific, Mm -hmm. but like you can do that. You can do, you, you can't guarantee that it's going to happen. No, but you can put together a lot of things that will help get you there and like improve your chances greatly. Yeah. Other people, I don't ask that question. Like, what do you, what's your five-year plan? 
some people I'll ask instead, what do you want out of, yeah, like, are you what are you get- trying to do by the end of this year? Are you going to be happy if you take four vacations this year? Or are you going to be happy if you take one vacation this year? Are mm-hmm. you going to be happy? What is your success metric? Yeah. Basically. And like, it's always interesting, like to see how people approach things when you ask them these questions. Cause mm-hmm. like some people get really specific about five years from now. Yeah. They're like, I want to live at 2324 <laughs> Rose Hill Lane. Yeah. In west hills la and uh-huh. blah 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 and like probably not gonna yeah work out you can't exactly you like can't that. put <laughs> you can't wrap it up that in that much detail because if it doesn't happen then what's yeah then you failed well yeah i mean there's that and like i mean you want these plans to go well you want to succeed in some aspects yes but also like it's just hard to have that level of control mm-hmm. it's hard and like the more specific you are about each of those goals the less of them you get to have. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because like, yeah, if you decide that you want to buy this specific piece of property, that's fine. But like, there's going to be a lot required to make that specific thing happen. Mm-hmm. So you probably can't do some of the other stuff that you're thinking about. That's yeah. maybe more general. Yeah. You, know? you definitely do have to pick. Yeah. All right, Eric. Well, if anyone needs a remote developer, yeah, surfing developer, yeah, how can they find you? You can email me at eric.willinson at gmail.com. That's, I'm sure, just put this in the description. I'll put it in the notes. Yeah, but I'm not about to spell this out. For but, sure. But yeah, or look me up on LinkedIn, Eric Willinson. Just hit me up. I'm usually pretty responsive because that's the life of a developer, a remote freelance developer. You need the jobs. Yeah. So. Perfect, Eric. Thank you. Yeah. My pleasure, man. It was really good to be here. Eric's currently surfing in Mexico. So he truly is living his life the way he's designing it. Talking to him made it clear that everything comes down to the decisions we make. And the question we have to be asking ourselves is, are the decisions I'm making today helping me get to where I want to be tomorrow? And if not, what do I need to change to make that happen? Again, thank you so much for being here. The point of this is to share stories that people don't always get the chance to. If you want to connect with me, I'm at West Jones Co. on all the channels. I'd love to hear from you. And of course, rate and subscribe on iTunes wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to you next time.